Welcome to Questions We're Afraid to Ask. So, our question is, how did Daniel wake up one day and end up on the conservative side of the line without changing anything? (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, and if you know, you know. I did change some. Yes. Like, yes. I, I, as I have gotten older, I have gotten more conservative, which is fairly normal Common. for most people. Yeah. Um, well, I, why did I change? I mean, I don't think I changed. I think that's, that's that what there, I said at the end. Yeah. I, I, you, you didn't really change a lot. I mean, we all change a little bit, right? We all, we all do. Right. But the bigger thing I was, try- I was getting at is it feels like the determining factor of where that, kind of middle of the road moderate line was and because you and I've always talked I lean a little bit left or right and you lean a little mm-hmm. bit left right and we, right and and we vary on most on on some things but for the large majority we have common ideas and, and then we just kind of branch off and we have one or two like pet things that were like way whatever on hmm. but that line has been moving Right. We've we've seen it. And, and mm-hmm. I'm, we're, I'm, I've seen it in the, the media very recently, like with Bill Maher, um, some of the stuff that he's been saying. And he's really been talking about traditional liberalism versus like whatever's going on now. Um, right. And Joe Rogan is another one. Uh, but Who, interestingly, the is very liberal in most of his leanings, except yeah. he likes to hunt. He likes um, to hunt and, and he likes to and, fish and do that stuff. And he likes fights. And he gets, and he gets labeled a a conservative, which is which is honestly a little strange. And, um, and it's it seems like one of the, the the things that's running through all this is it's people who are just asking questions. They're not even like taking a stance. They're just asking mm-hmm. questions. And, and a lot of this came out of on my commute home. I finished the the Rogan episode today where uh, he had the the fighter from Hawaii and Tulsi Gabbard on Tulsi it. Gabbard. And, uh, you know, she said some things that I've heard us say to each other in that mm-hmm. thing, you know, just straight up like it, it, almost direct quotes from some of our conversations. And and she's another one who I think she has changed her ideas on a couple of things like guns. Like she's 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 like, I understand the reason for them now and why they need to be, mm-hmm. you know, need to be owned by civilians. Um, but by and large, hasn't really changed her policies. But mm-hmm. she has been labeled a conservative and through, through no change on her part. So I just think that's fascinating to me how this is, has happened and how it we got here. It definitely is. I mean, I, I think what's, what's happened, I think there's a couple pieces to it. I think one of the big things is that we have, I think a couple of things. I think we're talking about our, our personal politics a lot more. I think in the, in the rise of the internet, and everyone having their own, you know, everybody's a celebrity. So people are posting things yeah. on TikTok or Facebook or you start yourself a podcast or whatever. Yeah, People are much more engaged in these discussions. So I think there's one thing. But I think the other yeah. piece to that is that if you believe – and I'm not going to get into this, but if you believe X – then you're a conservative. If you believe why, then you're a liberal. And so what I think what ends up happening is that, you know, I believe in why, so therefore I'm a liberal. And so, you know, and I think some people 
we run into the the tribalism party, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. If you don't um, if you don't have a baseball team to follow, mm-hmm. then you pick your Team's political Sasquatch. team, right? Yeah. And then you and then you just and then and, and it stacks. And while I don't think he is solely responsible for it, the way it was implied, where I heard it, um, on one of the, I think I don't remember if it was Breaking Points or or the Hill or whatever mm-hmm. news thing it was, um. Trump drove home the idea that everything's political, like every aspect of your life is political in some way, shape or form, and has just put it on almost everything where we used to say, like, think like certain things were this and certain things were that. He just kind of talked about whatever he talked about was. Well, and I think it was headed there, but he just kind of took it and ran with it. I would argue that he didn't start it. No, no, like that's what I'm saying. He didn't. We were headed okay. that way. Well, no, we no, were no. headed that Let way. Me, okay. What I mean is, I don't think it was the things. I don't think Trump was making things political. I think Trump was saying dumb things on Twitter, and then yeah. the news was making a political news story out of the thing he said, and so then suddenly, because Trump said that flamingos are stupid now everybody's all up in arms about ah, flamingo rights yeah you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. and so i think i think it i yes i'm he was definitely driving it forward but i do think there's a bit of well it's it's the reason why he got so much press in the beginning they were putting him on the news going look at all the dumb things he's saying and then um, people identified with it and it took off so i think yeah the same yeah. thing was they were trying to go the whole game plan the whole time has been to call him out on the things that he's doing so that people realize he's a crazy person and they don't like him anymore. Yeah. And But the problem is he's such as much as I don't like him, he is such a good presence that it and, doesn't and, and matter. Presenter. And I mean, that's why he was that's why he became a reality TV icon. Everybody forgets about this, right? He was a reality TV icon. He could draw every show he did, drew money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he made a ton of cash on that. He was hobnobbing with everybody who despises him now. Uh, I mean, even well, he pro wrestling brought him. Yeah, he was for a long time. Um, <laughs> in fact, it's it's famous in, in one of his old interviews. He said, well, you know, if I ever run, I'll run as Republican because I think I can get them to, to vote for me easier. Um, but they even brought him into like professional wrestling because he was mm-hmm. such a presence and money draw. Um, yeah. So there's that there's something about him, but the other thing I think that's getting discounted by thing is is yeah he might say five hundred things, and four hundred and ninety of them are nuts, but ten of them resonated, right? And and those things were dismissed, and some of the things that he said that resonated resonated hard, yeah. Like the government's lied to you, and there's corruption in it, and it probably yeah. ought to be cleaned out. And and I'm gonna make I'm gonna you make know. a terrible I'm gonna make a Hitler reference here, and I'm not trying to do it Trigger this way. Warning. But Rogan has mentioned a couple of times. I think Peterson's talked about it as well. Of like when Hitler was talking to the crowds, he was it was call and response. He would say something and it wouldn't land, so he wouldn't do it again. And he would say something and he would respond. And so he would. And I think Trump did the same thing. He got up at all these rallies and he said 
nine or 10 different things over and over again, figured out the things that people were responding to, and then kept saying those things and just sort of worked yeah. it out. You know, he, he's also not <clears throat> stupid when it comes to rhetoric. Um, right. Talking like in, in the classic idea of how you speak to people to, to draw their attention. Because I know a lot of people are like, well, he says the same thing like four or five times. Well, that's a rhetoric device to make it stick in, you know. Well, um, I mean, the thing that my – I think this is from Toastmasters, but it was the thing my dad always told me when I was uh-huh. writing a paper is I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you what I told you. Yeah, that, that's the structure of yeah. like a paper, an, an argument. Yeah. You know, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what we did. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the, the, the other rhetoric device, though, is it's like, well, they're corrupt, corrupt, corrupt Joe Biden. Corrupt, definitely corrupt, very corrupt, super corrupt. And, you know, it goes back to what we do for a living where we teach people, right? People mm-hmm. only retain like 20% of what they interact with. Um, but the more you do it, the more likely they are to retain whatever the thing is. And you get sound bites out of it. And they play him all the time. I mean, he almost doesn't have to spend money to run because right. you, you say anything and it's just it's everywhere. Um. But there's been this this movement. It ties into a lot of different stuff. And we we had decided we were going to touch on politics, so I thought this would be a fun way to dive in. Um, but there's a couple of things that we're seeing that are real important that's not getting dealt with, right? Uh, and just in the news over the last couple of weeks, the age of the people in politics. Biden's 80. Yeah. Trump's pushing 80. McConnell is freezing up in public Feinstein doesn't even remember that she has handed over power of attorney to her daughter or that she said that she's not running anymore and people are telling her to vote Uh, so we have a truly bipartisan problem because it is Mm -hmm. affecting and and I don't remember which senator it was they interviewed some Republican senator and uh, I think he voted against McConnell as leader or whatever and he was like yeah he needs to go you know, it was like, yeah. and, and he said, it's like, you can't call out Biden and not call out McConnell, you know, which, which was great. Yeah. It was like, at least somebody said it, you know, somebody said the well, emperor has no clothes. Somebody on the news said the other day, if, if you're not going to trust him to drive a car, you can't, you can't trust him to be the leader of the party yeah, I think in, in the Senate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're thinking of taking away grandpa's keys, he can't be running the Senate, I think is what, what they right. said. And it's, right. It's just like when people talk about uh, voting corruption and like mail-in ballots and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you even ask a question, you're assumed to be, well, you're a Trump supporter. It's like, no, no, no. I want to know how the system works, and I have some questions. Right. And it could get better. And I saw I saw a meme that was great. It, it was a picture of a, po- a post office like the blue mailbox, right? And it said, take an envelope, put $500 cash in it, and mail it to yourself. If you're afraid to do that and you don't trust it, then why do you trust your vote to go in here? And, you know, I know it's anecdotal, but I I know people who have bought houses from people who've passed away or moved and not properly re-registered to vote and have gotten absentee ballots for the other person to show up at the mail for them. Yeah. I mean, and then I mean, you're trusting on the honor system that they don't fill it out and send it in. No, you're talking you're trusting on the, a few votes. You're trusting, 
it's on the honor system, but also like you also have to trust that that person knows that it's a crime. Yeah, like most they, people wouldn't. Oh, do that. I could vote twice, right? Uh, yeah, most but, people aren't that stupid. And 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 a lot of people say, well, you know, you're talking a few votes here, a few votes there. What is it? A few hundred, maybe a couple of thousand. Yeah, enough to turn the last election potentially, right? Because right. it came down to right. you know a few hundred votes or a few thousand votes here or there. So most elections in my lifetime, it would not have been an issue. But we're running into this like 50-50 split where we're talking like points of percentage points, right? And so it does it does make a difference. And, and I, I think part of that has to do with the fact that it feels like, at least on the Democratic side, and it probably has been – like the choices aren't good. Well, and I would argue you know, the same for the Republican side. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't always like who who's running for me, but I'm 45 years old, and I can remember my parents talking about, and mostly my grandparents talking about wanting to vote for someone because they believed in what they were mm -hmm. saying. And every election, at least at the federal level, that I have had to vote, I've had to hold my nose. And make a choice as to what is the least bad, some try, sometimes, you know, trash can fire bad option. Mm -hmm. But do I want the trash can fire or do I want the forest fire? You know, it's it's well, it's the South Park did it. It was the the turd sandwich or the, the I forget they were yeah, I forget they, they had they names for reference. the two of them. But but you know it it's. The shit pie or the turd sandwich or something I don't like that. What it yeah. Was. yeah, but I, well, and I also think that we've, I think the other part of this is we've introduced a new. I mean, we we went from race to gender. Yeah, and I think that's changed a lot of things. There were, you know, for the, I, you know, when we were growing up, it was, it was, it had always been about race. And making sure that, you know, and I know that that, that was one I, of the biggest driving issues. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And what's happened now, I mean, well, I'm not saying that race went away, but we've now no. stacked on top of that the fact that we're having these discussions about about gender. And I think that's that's further divided people because no. I, I would actually make the argument now that race is more of an issue than it has been most of my life. Now, that does not mean that it wasn't of, an issue. Absolutely right. not. But as a as a true Gen Xer, we had to figure out how to deal with everybody who was around us. A Gen Xer who grew up in a very multicultural, multiracial city, mm -hmm. we had to figure out how to get along, and we were figuring out how to get along. It wasn't perfect, right? I say this as a white guy who's supposed to be the most type of entitled thing. Um, but you know, if I could, I could tell you stories about what it's like to be a white male single father who went through a divorce and the absolutely insane uphill battle it's been because every time I've gone in for any service, I didn't qualify usually based on race alone. Uh, so it's, you know, it, and again, I'm not saying I got it bad. Like other people do. That's, that's not, that's not the argument I'm making. What I'm, what I'm saying is we were at least trying to figure out how to get it along. And we were, we bought into the Martin Luther King idea of mm -hmm. judge me by the content of my character, not the color mm -hmm. of my skin. Right. And in the last five or six years, and it may have been going on longer than that, 
it feels like I've been hearing a lot more of judge me by the color of my skin. And we're not even going to have a discussion about the content of my cal- my, my character yeah. um, the other way, right? I mean, my God, people fought for desegregation, and now we people we have people trying to resegregate, and it just yeah. makes my head explode. I don't understand. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it felt like, you know, when, when I was in school, so, you know, late 80s, early 90s, it, it felt like things were getting better like it felt like things were becoming people were were coming together and and i know that's not true everywhere i know that no, there were places not. that were that were it was not and, good and, and that and i will also it, throw out a, a a somewhat controversial statement i think it was getting better in the south more than it was getting better in other parts of the country because we had because more it to work was so on. bad yeah we had more to work on right we had right. a lot more to work on uh, because I've lived in other parts of the country, and my dad, who lived through the 60s and the 70s and all that desegregation stuff, came to visit me, in some, especially some of those northeastern states, and said, my God, this is what it looked like when I was in junior high or high school. You know, direct quote, mm-hmm. you know, is, is like, I can't believe they just said that. Uh, so it, it's just like, what's going but, on? Yeah, so I think I think what we've got going on here is and so again what I was saying is that it felt like things were getting better and then over the last again like you're saying like something like the last 10 years it felt it sort of feels like in coinciding with with this shift in everybody exploring the ideas of gender that that people are trying to essentially reestablish their group and so it felt it feels like where where people are are you know circling the wagons on male and female and trans and bi and and all those things i think what's also then happened is that you know african american and asian and all those groups are starting to like well we've got to we've got to tighten up our identity and this is the you know this is the one that we've that we've picked yeah. for this group and so we're starting to see these and and what it i mean it yeah i don't know yeah and and, and i honestly cuz i think a lot of this that we started as a drive for people who were powerful and influential for a lot of good that had been done kind of almost the tail end of the, uh, uh, the Al Sharptons, the, the people who were at the tail end of the civil rights movement felt their relevance slipping away as things were beginning to get better. And, needed something to run, you know, to run on and draw well, money on and raise money on. And again, things aren't perfect. You know, right. I don't want to be uh, a 20 something black male walking down a dark street, and have a cop pull up behind me. I would not want to live that at all in any way, shape or form. Right. Uh, and I couldn't imagine what that would be like. Well, <laughs> not the same way, but I have been in other countries where I was not the majority and I did not understand what the language was and I did not know what was going on and I was very nervous walking down the street. Uh, especially as northern Mexico got worse. Right? I don't know how much time you spent in northern Mexico, but in the 90s it wasn't bad. It hadn't gotten really bad yet. And so we used to go down there all the time. But mm-hmm. hopping across the border, you know, like an Eagle Pass, um, I, you couldn't pay me enough to go do that now. Right? There's no way. I would not be. I would not consider it a safe place to go at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I, I can somewhat sympathize. It's not the same in any way, shape, or form. But I can kind of I can sympathize with being the different person, and in in an unsafe environment, um, right? Or at least feeling like that's what's going on, whether it actually is or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we got we do have stuff to work on. I think that's what this boils down yeah. to. Well, and so but, let me let me use the, the use this as a jump point to go back to where we were starting, which is, you know, people feeling their power slipping away. And we're looking at going back to McConnell and and um, not Pelosi Feinstein, who yeah. who are very much you know. And when you really dig down on the McConnell thing of like, well, if he leaves, then the governor has Her, a decision about how, and it's like it's going to get appointed. Oh man, yeah, like this 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 feels well. It's McConnell, the the guy who who kept the president from getting their their pick in the senate which they mm-hmm. should have got i mean so like it's no surprise that he's trying to and cling the, on as long as he possibly and, can in the hopes that you know absolutely he keep and, his power and, well and 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 the 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 power of the establishment as well right the republicans want to hold on long enough with mcconnell that they can vote for what they would expect to be a republican senator instead of having because they have a very popular democratic governor right now which is at odds with everybody else in his state right. because it's it's a super majority of the republicans in 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 their legislature uh, but they're doing the same thing in california and it's almost even worse mm-hmm. there with feinstein because they're going to get a democrat senator like when feinstein goes but they want their hand selected dnc appointed ordained canonized adam schiff guy to to be who it is and Mm -hmm. if they go to a special election or something right now it might not right or if newsom well the people might get to have their opinion yeah we can't have that we can't have that um and i told you my horror story prediction today of what's going to happen with the presidency um and yes i know i'm being uber pessimistic with it but i'm going to throw it out here because again and, and you want to talk about powerless people who feel like we have no power Right now, it feels like we're going to have to choose between Trump and Biden again, right? Yeah. And I'm not the only one. Like, the majority of Americans do not want to see that showdown right? on all polls across all peoples, independents, Democrats, Republicans, right? Um, and at least the Republicans are having a primary. Now, Trump is ignoring most of the debates, which I think is wrong. He should be right up well, there slinging in with everybody else. So let me pause uh, you for two seconds. Let me pause you for two seconds on that. It's only happened four times. That a, a incumbent president has have it here. Hang on, has, yeah. has jumped in and done that. It's oh, I may not actually have it here. Um, it was like one's really old, and then like Bush Senior did it, and Ford did it, and somebody else. There's like, uh, but it's, uh, um, uh, it was Carter. Carter was Carter, one of the thank other ones. You. Yeah, and so it's super uncommon for it to happen. But at least from what I can remember, I mean, like, so when Clinton ran again, it was very clear people were happy with Clinton running again. When Bush ran a second time, even though he didn't win, there what people weren't arguing he had that a, no, Bush he, shouldn't be the person to run. Actually, he did. He he had a. Oh no, you mean Bush? Oh, Bush Junior. Bush uh, Junior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And w, then okay. when Obama ran again, it was the same thing. Yeah. I mean, so. And when Trump ran again the the, the first time, first time yeah, no again, one challenged him. No one was, and so when you when you have it on the Democratic side, where 
DNC says, hey, we want Biden, and 80% of Democratic voters are saying, yeah, we'd rather not. And 30% of the people polling right now are polling for other candidates, but split between right. – uh, I can never remember her name. Marianne Williamson and, and, and Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. And the, and the, the times that you're citing that they did run, it was when somebody was pulling like 20%, which ironically right. enough, Kennedy's uncle, Ted Kennedy, was pulling at 20% when he and Carter went through a primary debate. Mm-hmm. So, well, he's pulling 20%. Get on the stage and, and hash it out and see which well, one of you is better. I think the problem is – from the DNC standpoint, is mm-hmm. I don't think Biden could could do a debate right now. Well, and, and let's 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 be perfectly honest. If I was a, if I was a DNC strategist uh, for Biden, I would say there is no upside for you getting on the yeah, stage at absolutely. all in any way. I, it can I only heard the go same bad. thing for Trump as well. They said yeah, there's no there's no, there's no upside, upside for him. You're going. so far ahead, yeah. um, which is fine. But my horror story prediction for what's going to happen is they're going to let Biden run the primary and run it out and get primaried. And then the time for any opposition will be over for who's going to be the Democratic candidate. They're going to get to convention time. And at the convention, Biden's going to come out and say, due to health reasons, I don't think I can do four more years. I'm going to finish my term. And I'm going to step back and focus on running the government. And then the delegates will have an open vote. And they can vote and it'll be like close. So they can let uh, Kamala have a couple of shots at it. Like she won't get enough to win the first time. And then, you know, and and, and it'll come down to like her. and, and, And it's going to end up being like after three or four or five votes in a show of a democratic process which isn't a real democratic process because the people weren't involved. It's going to end up being Gavin, Gavin Newsom from California anointed as the candidate running for president. Yeah. And, and I think and that's I, what's going to happen. I hope and I'm I stand wrong. behind my statement of if that happens, I think that's the end of the democratic party. And you know as, what? As a, as I a agree. major party. I agree, but I don't think the people running it see it that way because I don't, I don't, I don't think, think the people either. running it give an absolute fuck what the average person thinks. I think they I, honestly think yeah. – I, I think they honestly think – and I'm, just, I'm not talking about individual Congress people at this point. I'm talking about the DNC machine. I think they think they're better than everybody, smarter than everybody. And should be running just like the Soviet Politburo used to run and control the country because they thought they were smarter and better and better able to govern. And so we all need to just shut up and do what we're told and let them run everything for us and as much as our lives as possible. I think that's like their end goal. And I mean, let's be honest, a lot of people in the DNC are socialist and, 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 you know, some of them are dedicated marxists uh that that's where the left heads i mean and it's extreme in and that's the other part of the problem right now we can't have a discussion about anything because we've got two ends of the side screaming and it feels like that screaming extreme side is just getting bigger and the people in the middle are getting squished and i'm worried what happens when we all get squished to the point where we're like 
like whether we agree with each other or not, we're like, we can't stand those people anymore on the far left and the far right. So we need to do something about it. And they're not giving us people to vote for. And I don't like the other options that are available when we can't vote to make change. You're muted. My, my thing has been at the, up to this point, you know, and, and I, I like Kennedy. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I know you're, I'm gonna Kennedy, pick, you're a big Kennedy I'm, fan. I'm going to pick a did. I, I wouldn't say I'm a big Kennedy fan, but of out the of the options got, we have, let me be yeah, out of know, the options yes. we have, you like Kennedy. And I think you, you like him because he's asking some hard questions. Well, and I like Kennedy for the same reason as I like Vivek, like, mm-hmm. because what I can tell is those are two people. That's a yeah. person. That's not a politician. I mean, it's they are politicians, but, but it's, it's, it's not a mask. Yes. It's less of it's, a mask. It's less of a yes. mask and more of the person. And because it's very clear that they're, you know, and, and Kennedy's got some, some controversial standpoints, and, but he's willing to take the question, answer it as best as he can. And at the end of, the, at the end of his statement, what I, I either say I agree with you or I don't. But I always understand where he's coming from, and I and I yes. and I whether or not I agree with his his assessment of the facts, I believe the facts that he's saying, and 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 I'm like, okay, I see how you got there. The opposite yeah. thing when you look at at someone, you know, look Let's at give how a, a politician answers answers a question. Kamala Harris answered a question on whether or not she was qualified to be president today, and someone's like, well, have you? Or do you feel like you've prepared enough to be qualified for president? And she thought, and the answer yeah. was yes, yes. And the guy's that like, "Was it elaborate?" And she's like, "You can see her thing. Like, why? Why the hell do I well, even need to and elaborate?" Then, and then the answer was, and this is what I mean. Like, I don't know what she's really thinking because her answer yes. was, "Well, just like every other vice president, when you take the oath, you understand the importance of that oath, and it's very important to understand that there's an oath, and that, and I'm going to uphold that importantness." And you're like. Yeah, the only thing out of her statement that made sense was, and every one of us knows that we might have to step into the role. And I'm like, yeah, yes. that's that, that's true. Yeah, but everything else you just said for like four minutes ha- added nothing to the yes. Like, yeah, because the but question was like, the question was like, what have you been doing to prepare? Yes, a- and and that was completely ignored with a word salad sandwich. Right. Um, and, and that's what I'm talking about. When, when you're talking about these politicians, when you look at when you look at Mitch McConnell, who was just asked today, like, hey, what's going on with you? And his response is, well, the doctor already answered all the questions. So that's the answer. Yeah. He told you what it's not. Yeah. He told you what it's not. Well, and his, they said, well, what is it? And he said, the doctor already gave the answer. And you're like, yeah, but but no. again, and and, yeah. and I think part of that's because the news cycle is brutal and no one can ever make a mistake or be wrong, which is a problem that in general, yeah, we're all on camera all the time, no matter where we are, somebody's got a camera in our face now, which has changed. Someone's got it has, and you have to be careful about what you say. And, and, but I also think that there's a level of, you know, I remember that thing with Kennedy months ago where he made, he was talking about COVID and he made a comment about, you know, Jewish people and Chinese and a couple other people that had some genetic and, and just sort of blew up into this thing. And, and you listen to him come out and like explain it three different times. Like, okay, 
this is what I was citing and this is what I was saying and I said it poorly, I'm sorry, but this is what I was trying to, to get across. And the same thing happened to Vivek the other day with the whole 9-11 federal agents on the plane thing where like you listen to what he says and you're like, okay, I, I understand what he's trying yeah. to say. It didn't come across quite right, but for some reason we just – that's not good enough. It's got to be perfect the first time, and there's yeah. no there's no room for and, which is why they don't ever give a real answer. Because if they give a real answer, then they're held to it. Like yeah. I have no ties to my son's business, you know, and now he's being held to it. Well, well, we're trying. Um, it's just like, uh, but yeah, uh, and and so I on on the Democrat options. I like Kennedy the best. Now, I don't know anything about the woman, and that's my own damn fault because I haven't really researched her at all. But I've listened to several of the podcasts Kennedy has done, and he structures an argument well, <laughs> gives me information in a way that I can see his brain is logical, his brain is mm -hmm. functioning, he's analytical, he's compassionate, he's understanding of what's going on, he's willing to change his mind. If the information changes. Yes. And he has a history of standing up for, whether I agree with it or not, like what you could call just causes, like improving the quality of the rivers mm -hmm. and the environmental legal stuff that he's done. That, that, that on-the-ground environmental activism, I think, is super important for, like, when right. trains blow up in Palestine – uh, and, and we need to clean up the mess, which still hasn't been addressed. What I like on the, 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 the reason I like Vivek on the right side is he's the only one who's not a polished and packaged politician, one. Mm -hmm. And he has some outside of the box ideas mm -hmm. that may or may not work, may or may not even be legal according to like the civil service code. Um, but you know, at least but it's he's a thinking, new like, idea. Like you know, when he when he and Bill Maher talked, you know, he's like, "I want to dissolve the FBI." He's like, "What are you going to do?" He's like, "Well, I'm going to take all the agents who actually solved the crimes, which is this um, smaller percentage, like one third of the people who work for the FBI, mm -hmm. and I'm going to put them with like the Mar Marshal Service and the you know these other services, and they can go do that job in those services which don't have the giant bureaucracy." and political machine that is the FBI. Now, I don't know if that's feasible, and I also don't know how many of those people are not are, are, are active analysts who aren't carrying a gun that are super important to solving crimes, right? Because love it or hate it, whether you think it's been politicized or not, the FBI has some of the best forensics in the world. It has some of the best labs in the world. It's been cutting edge on a lot of that stuff. It handles a lot of counter-espionage stuff. And so I don't know that his idea is perfect, but it's not bad. It's, it's, it's like – because Bill Maher was like, U.S. Marshals, what the hell do they do? I'm like, yeah, they set Everything. the gold standard a long time ago, and nobody screws with them for a reason. Just like nobody screws with the Rangers in Texas. They're a very small division of the Texas police force. But when something goes bad, the governor sicks the rangers on them, and it usually doesn't yeah. make many. Um, well, there, there's, not... something, there's something to be said about this whole idea of, of 
like when the these new uh, not the new politics Kennedy and Vivek are are actually presenting like an idea. Yes, and absolutely. A, and, and a and a plan with some sort of purpose and it feels like I, it feels like Biden's whole game is look I'm not that guy. Yeah. Like that feels like what it's been for a long time is is look I'm not that guy. And I'm going to sidebar myself on this. I am tired of hey, your guy's a criminal and the response is well, he's a worse criminal. Yeah, you're all criminals. Um, Let's get rid of you're you all, all criminals. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we there was a guy on Breaking Points today who was who I could, could, oh, Bill couldn't no, get the hill. through it. It was the Hill. It was the Hill. Sorry, it was the Hill. It, it yeah, was a, a spin a spin doctor for the Biden side and just arguing up and down about how all the Hunter Biden stuff and it doesn't even really matter. But like, there's there's something to be you know the argument was like, <laughs> well, he did this, and his only response is, well, but Trump did. I don't care. Yeah. This is the same thing with my with my kid. Like my you didn't do your you, you you know, leave your sister alone. Well she does this. I don't yeah. care what she's doing. I'm talking about what you're doing. You're doing. Yeah. You can only control your actions, right? That's that's right. the point of that. And I what and, I'm asking you is to take responsibility for your actions and your response is well, I don't have to take responsibility for my actions because that person did something else. I, and that I, doesn't really, work for I, me. I really like how they were talking about the gun charge, the felony gun charge, which you and I would be throwing our butts in jail in a minute for. And he's like, But well, he only you know, had it, was it for only, fourteen days. He only had it for fourteen days and it was only it was as only his first felony. You know, and he like, never loaded it, and he never, he never fired it, so it. it doesn't count. Yeah, that's like me saying, so I only picked up the 12 pounds of cocaine and carried it across the border and handed it to somebody else. I never opened it or used it. I didn't do right. anything wrong, right? It doesn't hold water, and I haven't done that, by the way, for anybody out there spying <laughs> on us. Um, it's an example. Uh, but the other example was was comparing – Hunter Biden working for Burisma to Pence's mm-hmm. daughter writing a book. Yeah. And like and, and I remember Pence getting in like all kinds of shit for that when that happened. Like they were wanting to put like ethics complaints and fine him and all kinds of shit. It it, it didn't go over well. I remember when that happened. I did not remember that. Now, it didn't last long. But, like, people bitched about it. Like, oh, they shouldn't have been doing that kind of thing. Very similar to some of the people who have, some of the DEI people who have been, like, writing books and then selling the books to the department that they were running. And, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not remembering all the details on that one. Oops. Oh, this is the, I remember this because Mike Penn's daughter wrote the book and then. John Oliver wrote another book about a gay bunny and it was a whole, yeah. there was a whole thing. I'd forgotten. I didn't remember. That's what it was. Maybe then I'm so remembering yes, yes, something yes. different, but, but I remember it being a thing, um, but that was, but it was still in the, it was still in the, the zeitgeist. But again, it, yeah. it, it comes down to the difference, a difference between writing a book and, and working for committing a, a felony. And yeah, well, and then, and then again, in that same, in that same piece, he was mentioning, that was it one of the bush 
people or somebody who was a brother of somebody else was working for an energy company when there was a huge thing and a big settlement and they got bailed out. And it didn't really matter. Maybe it was GW. It was, he did a lot of that stuff. But, it could have been. But it um, was it was it was it was interesting because it was they were saying like, well, he was working on that committee and so that means it's okay. And it's like, but hang on a minute. Like the the idea here is that they're trading on the name. Yes. When you're writing a book and you're Mike and you're Mike Pence's daughter, you're trading on your name. Yeah. When you're a Bush or a Kennedy or, or a Clinton or a Clinton or a Cheney yeah. or a, or a, yeah. what you're you are trading on your name. And grants everybody people do that. People use their names. It's nepotism. There's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It happens. The- there's legacies in college. But 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 what we've got here though is there's trading on your name. And then there's trading on your name with your dad's help. Well, and there's trading on your dad's access when your dad is the right vice president well, of the United States or any other major major political person who can make things happen. And I'm so, sure so you, Hunter is not the only one who has done this in any way, shape, or form. But the the problem is Biden made it, like you said earlier, a definitive statement. I've never taken money from my son. I've never earned a penny. I've never talked to him about this stuff. And now we're finding out there's correspondence where it's like, well, the big guy needs his 10%. Or, no, he didn't. I didn't pay him, but I've paid all his bills for years. Well, you know, and, and the. <sighs> Someone for Hunter's lawyer sending Biden talking points on how to address his job and all those things. And again, yes, those things happen. But I don't think they should. No. Like, I think they're, they're, you know, and and granted, yes, I understand, like, Biden's got a kid. His kid's got his own stuff. And and we don't want to try. But but there's got to be a level of there's got to be a level of. Someone being the adult in the room. Okay, so the yes. president comes or to you and says, you know, Obama comes to Biden and says, hey, I need to put you on Ukraine. I want you to take care of this. And it's Biden should have at that point gone, actually, my son just got a job in Ukraine and he's working for this company. And, and a prosecutor's will... investigating him. So exactly. I probably so shouldn't I... do that. Yeah. Right. So and, and so there's a level of, of responsibility there that, that isn't taken. And the fact that they're all doing it doesn't is make it how, right. Is, is the justification they're using of but but look, this was a tiny one and this is a big one. So the big one's worse. We should really go after this person who did this. They don't big look thing. at my tiny but, one. But yeah. my crime was small and it all it was all it was is that I called my son while he was at a business meeting, and I said hi to everyone who was at the table who knows who I am because I'm the vice president, and that's yeah. my son on the phone. And the fact and, that I'm talking to these people because I And he can call company. me at any time, and I'll right. answer regardless right. of where I am and what's going on. And here's the thing. You and I have both been working for a large company for many, many, many years. Yes. Have you ever put anyone in your family – on the phone with anyone at work ever no no in no way shape or i would not i uh, there is a hard line between where i work mm -hmm. and the people i interact with in fact there's only a tiny handful of people i work with that i will even allow myself to socialize with 
because I want a hard line there for a huge right. variety of reasons. Um, and it's not because I don't work with good people. I work with great people. I work with people. You know, my boss right now and I would love to hang out. We've known each other for years. But he's my boss. Right. So if I find out he's doing one of his hobby things, I'm not going to get into what that is, but it's something I would like to go do or see or say. He's got a he's got a singing hustle like a lot of us do. I'd love to go participate with the singing hustle thing, but you don't because he is in a affiliated position with me at work. Right. The difference is I have a fear I work with, and I and, and is a singer, and I like her music, and I have attended her concerts before. I have gone to, I've purchased her music, but through publicly available shows, right? And I have never reported to her, and she has never reported to me. We've been in equal fear, and everything was appropriate in the social context, and the business ethics thing that we have to review yearly at work, right? Because there's rules. There's rules. There's business ethics. There should be government ethics in theory there. But what we what that's what you said. We were all doing it, so it's not bad. You know, or I didn't buy stock. My husband just happened to overhear me talking about how Grumman was gonna get a twenty billion dollar contract from us yeah. in three months and it'd be announced. In two weeks, so he bought their stock low. Well, he just happened to overhear a business conversation. That's not yeah. insider trading. Well, technically, yeah, it is, but we're protected because of the whole government thing. Um, right. Or what's worse is the conversation he overheard was top secret, so I won't even admit that he overheard it. You know, and a lot of that money changes hands that way in the military industrial context. A lot of those contracts are. Secret. Like, they didn't tell us they were building the stuff bomber, right? It was a freaking UFO. Probably a lot of the UFOs are the triangle sightings in the 80s, right? Yeah. And, and, and we didn't know it was there until it lit up Iraq in the first Iraq war. I mean, dude, I, I went from, we got, we got Tomcats in Top Gun, and that's the best we can Because I was in Jupiter High when this happened. Right? Like, oh, we got sci fi shit. What the fuck we just did? We destroyed the second or third most impressively defended airspace in the world. For like two days. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, what do you mean? And I'm not getting into whether we should have been there or what, but. And I don't think we need to expand the military, like a lot of people say, or whatever, but. Uh, but every the whole point every of is like there are issues that are bipartisan. We should be able to have a conversation with, and we get lumped into teams, right? You're getting lumped well, into a team. I'm getting lumped into a team. Then we can't listen and we can't talk because I might say something controversial, like I think, and this is this is where my head is. I think we need to take a hard look at the social safety net and welfare system. And it needs to be massively overhauled. And some major changes need to be done. Because in its current state, let me finish. In its current state, I think that it does more harm than good and promotes bad 
and harmful home environments because it encourages you not to get married, not to set a single household. You get more benefits if those things are broken up. And and and, and mm-hmm. I say that as someone who's had to use the social safety net and fell on my ass. It's happened to me twice in my life. Where I've been flat ass broke, making less than poverty level, and I've had to dig myself up out of it. My kids have been on food stamps. I've had to feed my family that way before. Yeah. So it needs to be there. But it doesn't mean we can't work to make it better. Well, I mean, we can do but a if whole... I say that, a... But the point is, if I say that, most of the people I start to say that to here, you want to get rid of the welfare system, and they stop listening. That's where the yeah. conversation ends. And then you're one of those crazy right-wing Republican people, and you're bad. You know, and and, and then we can get well, into I mean, the, the whole gun thing the, where I would like to see some things done, but I'm unwilling to compromise on it because – what did you say? You thought I was completely crazy the other day um, with some of the stuff with the firearm things. You're like, there's no way they'll ever do that. You're crazy. When we first started talking about this stuff, and now it's happening. And you're like, thought you were crazy, but now it's happening. So, yeah, you know, I mean, not to get into that... the details of both of those, but – both of those are polarizing things. And I was trying to think of something the other direction, but I can't think of one right now. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the, I think the big thing here is, is that we're, we're sitting at the edge of a big, I'm going to go back to, to Exodus since I've been listening to, to Peterson's lectures, uh, lecture series on this. It's where, you know, he, he talks about, you know, you leave, the, the tyranny of the Pharaoh and you have to go into the desert before you can get to the promised land. And, and we're sitting there right now. We're sitting at the tyranny of the Pharaoh. Yeah. And essentially what happens is we need an Etch-A-Sketch flip. Like we need to flip this over, yes. shake it and start over again, go back to our founding documents and reestablish. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what that's going to be is painful back, back to the desert. We're going to yeah. be, we're, we're, we're talking about, Back to the beginning at the Revolutionary War where we said, all right, this system doesn't work, so we're going to kick the table over and start over. And, and there's a lot the di- of pain and, points hang on, there. And, and, and the difference is, though, that when we kicked over the table, the, the monster was on the other side of the sea. Mm-hmm. And it was much, much – and now you're going to kick the table over. The FBI, the CIA, they're, right all, they're all right here, and it's not that easy. And because – People and don't want to let we go of their can't, power. We can't even, you know, and I don't want it to get to the kick the table thing. I don't want it to get to that point. But we can't even talk about taking some dishes off the table, right? Right. Because we should be able to do that. We should right now be able to look at the government, the federal government specifically. Every state is different, and I don't know every state, so I can't comment on that. But the federal government, we should be able to look at it and go, it's bloated, it's overly bureaucratic. There's too many layers involved, and it's almost impossible to fire a civil servant, right? And this was something that came out – I read today. I don't know when Trump said it. Somebody asked him, he's like, why didn't you fire Fauci? He's like, I legally couldn't do it. He was a civil servant. I, as president of the United States, did not have the authority or legal ability to fire Fauci, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing or not. The civil service protections wouldn't let him do it because he wasn't a political appointee. And I, I have known people, my, my old college roommate, 
he was he was great. He was a great guy. He went to work for the state. And he worked for them and he was super efficient. And within six or eight months he was outperforming most of his peers. And his boss said, You need to cut back and not do your job that well because you're making us all look bad. And my buddy standing up as the ethical person he was was like no i was hired to do my job and i'm going to do my job to the best of my ability i take pride in my work they couldn't fire him but they made his life so miserable he quit he ended up quitting and he would tell me like i'm watching people do things that they should technically get written up for like come in clock in and leave come back clock out and leave, you know, and it, and and, it, and the administrators are just like, well, my hands are tied. The paperwork to write them up for it is so laborious and involved that we're just not going to go through the whole process. And, you know, we work for a company, and it's a private company, and there's layers of things you have to do to terminate somebody, right? Um, now, that's not true everywhere. Like, we, we live in Texas. There there are places in Texas, because it's a right-to-work state, where they can just walk in and go, you're fired. We don't want you anymore. But there are certain places with protections, and while those protections are important, again, sometimes there are unintended consequences. And I think that's what, it, that's what I was getting at with all of this. We are unwilling as a country to admit that sometimes there are unintended consequences to what were good-intentioned policies, and we're not willing to change them because our policy is too important. And I'll give you a really big example. When Roe versus Wade made its way through the Supreme Court the first time, and it was upheld, it said it's the law of the land, Democrats had 50-plus years come in and codify Roe and pass it into law permanently through Congress like it should have been done and have had super majorities or majorities and the president uh, in both houses and had multiple opportunities where they could have gotten it in regardless of what every Republican could have voted no and they would have made it law. But it was too good a fundraising thing to let go of. They were making so much money off of it. And the unintended consequence off that was now Roe got overturned. You're, you're muted. I think there were two parts to that. There was one half of it was they it's too good to make money on. Yes, the other half of it the other half of it is no one wants to really define that thing, and I yeah, don't even want to get into it. it. Like everybody, no one wants to, to put a put a put a put a, a dot on it and go. No one wants to. The... No one wants to go. This is when life begins, right? And so this it's is, and, and this other thing is murder. No one wants to make that distinction, right? At least and politically, so, they don't. Right, and so what they decided to do was to kick it down the road and kick it down the road and hope that it wouldn't. This wouldn't happen. And then yeah, it did. Now, it did. The other thing I was going to say um, as we come to the end of this thing is I, I think the other the other big thing we need to do is to stop. And, and I don't I don't want to slow down Congress because that's not the expect not the intention here. But we've got to stop doing these omnibus bills. Yeah, where these it's monster 
It's Crazy 75 thing. different bills of which 50 of them are critically important. And then the other 25 are just whatever people want to throw in. And so you get, you get these things put through where you're like, look, I like a lot of this stuff, but like, what are we doing over here with these things? Like, this is not the best way. Yeah. To- Cause there's two parts of that is one, a lot of times they pass and really bad crap comes through and right. a lot of waste comes through. Or two, it is an, amazing bill that will fix a hundred problems and somebody goes i'm gonna add an amendment that says they are just minor attracted persons and pedophilia is not a crime anymore slaps it on there and kills the whole fucking thing and it's like no stop it i mean i want to treat him like i want to treat him like a dog and be like stop it don't chew the don't chew the thing yeah chew up the homework But but again, this gets back to where we started, which is there's a hard split and a divided line. And so you've got a bill. If you've got a bill that's too many points for the other side, then I got to figure out how to take those points off the board because it's sports again. This has become R versus D sports. and, and, And it's and it's turned it's turned it all ugly. And then you add on to the top of it the internet, and then and it just goes for, insane. And for the politicians, there's no, there's no accountability, mm-hmm. and there's no consequence for unethical behavior. There's and, only now, now, reward. There's only reward. Now, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm not saying that this is the answer, but there was a time in Ameri- American politics, just ask Hamilton, where if you did the wrong thing, some other congressperson was going to call you out and fucking shoot you in a duel. And you were going to end up fucking dead because you crossed an ethical line. Now, right. am I saying that that's what needs to happen? No. Duels on the Senate floor. Hold, hold on. No. But am I also saying that the best scene in all of movie history ever done was in Mars Attacks? Where they blow up Congress and the old lady laughs and goes, blew up Congress, thank God. How many people dream of blowing up Congress and just starting over? Again, I'm not saying we need to. Yeah, I'm not saying we need to go blow up Congress. But, like, would I like to fire them all? Yes. And start with a fresh batch who came in with some roadblocks, like term limits, like. When you're elected public office, you have to hand over all of your financial records as public information, including all the trusts and LLCs and everything else. Or it all gets locked up in a trust that you have no control over. Because no one who makes six figures, low to mid six figures, should ever end up a millionaire after six years. Or a multimillionaire. Right? Yeah. And then you start, we go, we go... Age limits. Yeah. We got a low end age limit. Let's go a high end age limit. Yeah. And then I also think that after a certain age, call it 50, call it 60. I don't know where it is, but there's got to be some sort of testing. Yeah. Early onset dementia and Alzheimer's can happen in your late 40s and 50s. So I would even say 45. So it'd count me. 
Now, that being said, the congressional doctor doesn't seem to be giving very much information about what's going on with Mitch McConnell, yeah, which means so the, the that there co- needs to be some sort t- of – Well, the other part of this is you're a public servant. You've chosen to be in public life and public office. <laughs> so your finances and your cognitive tests are published for peer review, right? Yeah. Uh, and And if we start doing some of this, we might get back to the idea that these people should be – civil servants it should be a duty to serve and maybe we go back to a couple of a couple of changes like we go to the texas model where you only get to meet every two years for like eight months and you're not allowed to do and this isn't in the texas model but i think you can't do anything until you pass a budget like if you don't pass a fiscal budget for the year you're not allowed to pass another fucking law i don't care what's going on Right. So yeah. we need to put some structural things in place because there was an assumption made, and this is one of the only failings of our founding fathers, is that we would have honorable people who wanted to show up, do their duty, and then go back to their regular life and job. We were right. never designed for a elite ruling class, and we've kind of ended up with one. Right. And, and I can see why it happened. Yeah, because because in the early days, it was not easy to get to Washington and it was far. And so people ended up living there. But now you can get there either really easily. So go home. Yeah, go home. At at least go home and talk to your constituents. You know, Uh, so and I I think that's kind of a good place to wrap it up. Like, get back to serving your community. And, and, and doing things as service. But we've got to be able to have a conversation. So the next Absolutely. time, and this is what I would ask anybody who listens through to the end, and thank you if you have. The next time somebody says something that you don't necessarily agree with politically, don't stop listening and ask them some questions. Just set some ground rules, which I think is important. Set some ground rules. And have an actual goddamn conversation. And don't hate Maybe them for thinking something. something. Yeah, don't hate them because they just have a different idea. Trust me, it helps. You learn lots of things. It opens you to things you would never be open to. You may end up with friends for life. 